fans, welcome to another edition, our final edition of Celebrating 96. This is Hayes Carlion. I, well, they've done it. Florida won the national title. Uh, last week, we, we recapped 52-20 to 20 over the Knolls in the Sugar Bowl. And, uh, and now I thought it would be cool to t- kind of wrap up uh, the podcast and also just talk about the special moment that Florida had 48 hours later, celebrating in the swamp. They beat FSU on a Thursday. On Saturday, uh, Florida holds this huge pep rally in the swamp. Uh, I went with my girlfriend and uh, a bunch of friends, and uh, it was so cool to see uh, just the swamp fill in. And it didn't feel like a game. I mean, it, it felt like uh, there was no tension, if that makes it was. It was almost like 40,000 people, or maybe more, uh, and just a in total afterglow of the moment of, of winning the title and, and seeing Florida finally become a national champion. And uh, anyway, so we're gonna we're gonna break that down. And uh, this episode of Celebrating ninety six is sponsored by the personal injury law firm of Harold and Harold, a local family firm available twenty four seven and my friends who you can trust, Harold and Harold, don't settle for less than you deserve. When you go back and think of it, I, I hope you guys were able to go um, to it because it really was remarkable if you were old enough uh, at the time. Um, so Florida returns home. They, uh, they weren't a unanimous number one, but they were close. They received 65 and a half out of 67 first place votes in the AP. Ohio State received one and a half. And in the coaches, they received 58 of 62. So, uh, you know, not a consensus, but pretty close. Uh, they, were, they were pretty much undisputed national champions. Uh, there was very little controversy um, in a sport that really had a lot of controversy in, in, in many years over who, should the, who the national champion should be. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, it was remarkable seeing the fans come in, seeing the players come in. The big highlight for me that day was Steve Spurrier taking a moment to say, you know what, there have been so many great Gators that did not live to see this moment. And just for them, let's chant, we're number one, so loud that all the Gators up in heaven can hear us. And it was just, I still get chills thinking about it. And it was, uh, it really hammered it home. And I thought about, uh, you know, my family that loved the Gators that I knew that didn't get a chance to, to live to see it in 96 and, uh, and how much it would have meant to them uh, to be able to see it. And, you know, again, if you're a younger fan, uh, it's great that you've grown up in a world in which, you know, you know the Gators can win a national title and they've done it. Uh, for somebody my age, uh, you know, I'm 44, uh, you grew up in an era where you weren't sure if that would ever happen because the people that you sort of looked up to, your, you know, the, the adult Gator fans uh, kind of had that vibe of this may never happen. You know, we're kind of snake bit and something's always going to go wrong and this 96 team forever put that to bed. And because of that, they should always, uh, in my opinion, be the most celebrated team. We, Florida has been fortunate enough to have three national championship football teams. But to me, 96 will never be eclipsed. Florida could have a, a run like LSU just had and go 15-0. and And to me, that and as great as that would be and as much fun as that would be, uh, it would not eclipse for me uh, the greatness of the 96 team, even though 96 
got had a loss. I I totally get that. But for me, '96 uh, from a sentimental purpose will always be my favorite Gators team, and uh, and I think they deserve that because they finally did put Florida on the mountaintop, and uh, so it, it's it's been a lot of fun looking back on this, and I want you guys to hear from. Frank Frangi, who obviously works here at 1010XL, uh, and uh, I'm on the Frangi show with. I'm very fortunate to to be on Frank's show, and uh, yeah, Frank actually broadcasted the the celebration, which was cool. I didn't know that, uh, but um, Frank was doing Gator Radio, uh, and he'll explain it. Uh, but he has a a very cool perspective, and somebody that obviously is loved Florida uh, since he was a kid, and is an alum, and is given. Uh, you know, given uh, listeners and, and readers uh, tons of great Florida Gator knowledge for, for very many years. Um, before we get to that, I do want to say this episode of Celebrating 96 is sponsored by the personal injury law firm of Harrell & Harrell, a local family firm available 24-7. And my friends who you can trust, Harrell & Harrell, don't settle for less than you deserve. All right, here is my interview with Frank Frangie. All right, we're pleased to be joined with Frank Frangie joining us here on Celebrating 96 as we... Uh, Talk about a really special day at the Swamp, the national title celebration. Uh, Frank, you've got a really unique story, so uh, just tell us what was sort of going on that day for you. It, the celebration was fun. I, I, that was my first year working on the Gator Network, the Gator Radio, and I did the pregame for the Gator Radio Network all year long. So uh, so it was my first year ever doing it, so so you know I take credit for the championship. Okay? First, <laughs> first year in is the first year they won the national title. So, uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. The day of the championship that we broadcast it live on the Gator Network, statewide, all over all the network, the 50, 60, however many stations we had at the time, well, Mick was on the road with the basketball team. Oh, wow. So I had to do, the, so I had to do it, and, I, and I, it was one of the most surreal things. I'd never I'd broadcast a lot of things. I had never before broadcast a celebration, but it was one of the most magical moments in Gator history. And me as a broadcaster, I mean, I had never been through anything like that before. I was, you know, it was, I'd been a Gator fan my whole life. And in addition to being the media, I was a Gator fan my whole life. So, Hayes, you had to, I had to remember to keep talking, not to get caught up in what they were saying. Right. It was, I mean, I was just, I, 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 keep talking, Frank. You're supposed to be broadcasting. It's not just enjoying <laughs> this. And the interesting thing is that's the same year the Jaguars made a historic run in Jacksonville. The Jaguars made a historic run. That's right. And so I, I don't know if the, it was a Saturday was the celebration. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if the next day was New England or Denver or Buffalo or one of them, but I, I remember flying, driving to Gainesville, hosting the celebration, leaving out of there, driving to uh, Orlando, and then flying with the Jaguars. But it was an amazing day, an amazing time for the Gators for sure. Did they know? I'm always curious about like in the weed stuff. So did they have a plan for this before the 52 to 20? Did you guys have an idea what was going to happen? They, and yeah. Was they, it all laid out? They didn't tell me okay. if they did. And I, and I don't even know. what I know that I got a call from the school probably a week, a week before. Hey, are you available to host this thing? Mick's not there. And I said, well, it, yes. Yeah. Do you need to check your schedule? No, I'm good. <laughs> I, I, you know, in the, in the event that I'm having heart surgery, I'll put it off till Monday. Uh, so, no, we didn't know. But it was, I mean, the whole thing was amazing. I know you've done a great job on this podcast. And you've gone through game by game and week by week. The whole, the whole thing was amazing. The most amazing time in that stretch to me was the, the SEC championship game. You've heard me tell this story before. People know by now Florida lost in Tallahassee to Florida State. So, so then they had to climb back up the poles. Arizona State and Ohio State were already going to play in the Rose Bowl. And Florida needed Arizona State to lose or it wouldn't have mattered. Everyone thought FSU was going to wind up playing that, uh, F, uh, 
Nebraska, Nebraska. was it? Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So Nebraska needed to lose to Texas in the SEC championship game. Well, again, I'm on the network, so I'm traveling with the team, staying at the team hotel. We were in Atlanta at the team hotel. That was an afternoon game. The SEC championship back then was a night game. I remember we hadn't left for the stadium. The team was still there. And when James Brown hit the pass, wasn't he the quarterback? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when he connected on the pass that clinched the win for Texas, Hayes, I thought an earthquake had hit the hotel. <laughs> it, it started shaking. And, I must have been on the same floor with maybe the offensive lineman. It started shaking and rattling. And right then is when you knew Florida was in this thing. And Florida was going to beat Alabama. Florida had the best team in the country. Mm-hmm. So you knew they were going to win. And you knew they were probably going to beat FSU too. So you then knew when when – when Texas beat Nebraska, you then knew if Ohio State beat Arizona State, there was a pretty good chance Florida was winning their first ever national championship. And then, of course, that game happened before the Florida game. It was a pretty magical time. What was it like, uh, 52-20, to 20, the, the week kind of leading into it? Did you feel pretty confident that, that Florida was going to win the rematch? And then did the fact that Ohio State upset Arizona State, and it really turned into the national title game, did you feel like a day out – this just assures, almost assures it that Florida, it's going to be Florida's year. I, sort of. I, I, everybody knew Florida had the better team than Florida State. Yet Florida State, gave them credit, found a way to win the game. The game was odd. I know you've already talked about the FSU-Florida uh, game in this series, but it was like a sandpit. The, the, the field was, a, and though Campbell's got a wonderful stadium and a wonderful field, but it was a sandpit that day, and it slowed Florida down. I really believe that, and FSU won a very physical game 24-21, you got the impression, even from my FSU buddies, that they kind of got away with one. They didn't have the better team, but they won the game, which is why once the rematch was set, then you knew Florida State was in trouble. Florida Florida had the – and there was the late hit stuff, and Spurrier was mad about that. And, and so if, if the late hit stuff, now you get to play them again. You probably got the better team. So Florida was probably going to beat FSU, whether it, when it, whether it had – led to a national title or not, I think Florida was going to beat FSU. I think, I think that was a talk on sports radio, Hayes. I think that was a talk in kind of both camps. Florida was going to beat FSU. But when Arizona State lost that day, and then you knew what it was for. I remember where I was with my wife at, at, at the hotel restaurant in New Orleans watching it. Uh, and I knew when that happened, when that happened, I said, oh, boy. It, like Florida needed any more motivation. They had never won a national title. Florida State had won their first title three years earlier. Now you're about to go. Now you're about to get even with them. You're about to both have a title, and yours would, will come at the expense of them when they think they shouldn't have had to play you again. Yeah, you could. You could, man. You could really feel it about that. What did it mean for Florida to finally be the team that no longer was the school being poked at for having yeah. the arrogance in Notre Dame and the tradition of Wake Forest? I think that started changing when Spurrier got the job. I thought. I think you felt it change when Steve got the job, Hayes. Uh, but you had to finish the job. It, not, none of it mattered to you finish the job. And remember, there was the, the awful loss to Nebraska the year before, which made people think Florida can throw it around all they want and they can be fancy and finesse and corner routes and post patterns. But when they have to play a tough physical team, they can't win. Remember that that was, oh, all, yeah. that was all the talk. I, I, I've got a funny story for the way that game – we, we were all scarred from, from, that, from the way Nebraska laid it to them. So all scarred. That, that, that scar lasted the whole year until Florida won the game. So Florida wins the game that night. We're all partying. We're flying back the next day, but I flew out of Baton Rouge. It was I flew my wife, my mom, my daughter, uh, our in-laws. We're all there. So it was cheaper to fly out of Baton Rouge. So it's about an hour drive. So and we're, we're, we're flying like it's 7 in the morning. So we literally left New Orleans that night. 
I don't think I went to bed. <laughs> Drove to Baton Rouge. My wife and daughter and mom were sick or had a little bit of a cold, so we had, it was a 3-2, the plane, mm-hmm. two seats on the right side, three on the left side. So we go sit down. My wife, daughter, and mom are on the far side, and I'm on the aisle with, without any of them. And I'm sitting there. It's 7 in the morning. I haven't slept. Florida just won the national championship. And I got one of those papers. You know, they, the newspaper comes out right away. Sure. They, 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 they hand them out right after the game. Uh, Florida lays it to FSU, something like that. And the voice next to me sees me reading it. And the guy, in the, he goes, boy, Steve really laid it to him, didn't he? And I look over. And it's Tom Osborne, wow, who had just blasted Florida a year yeah. earlier. He was in Baton Rouge to recruit Travis Minor. Oh wow! And I got the end. So I go, well, not quite like you laid it to them last year. <laughs> he goes, well, that was just a, that was an odd game, but last night. So and I'm so I'm thinking, how surreal is this? My first year on the Gator Network, lifelong Gator fan. I'm watching this happen. I'm in the, the hotel in Atlanta, feeling like an earthquake when you realize Florida was going to get to play him again. I do the broadcast, the play, the the pre the, the pregame, setting up the play by play before the game. The game's over, it ends. I don't sleep at all. I'm dry, I'm flying my family back with me, and to cap the story, I'm sitting next to Tom Osborne, who beat Florida so badly one year earlier. It was a, for me, it was one of the most surreal things ever. What was it like uh, being in the swamp that day for the celebration and seeing the fans come in? I because I think it blew away sort of what yeah. they were. It, expecting I, it did and uh and and what was it like you know hearing coach Spurrier you it, know address it, the crowd? it was really sur- i mean hosting it was surreal but listening to it and obviously i had the best here because i had it in my ears and my headset the whole moment everything about that day was surreal you couldn't mess it up it was a beautiful day it was a one it was it, was, it wasn't cold wasn't hot it was in january so the weather was perfect it was a perfect uh, north central florida day it was one of those days that you knew nothing could mess it up I needed to make sure don't mess up the broadcast. But you knew you knew whatever he said. Nothing was off limits. It was respectful, but it was it was a we waited a long time. I was the perfect guy to host it because I'm such a fan. And I didn't hide that. See, back in the newspaper days, you had to kind of hide it. Sure. Even though everybody knew, right? You couldn't say I'm rooting for this team. Well, I'd gotten into radio three years earlier. We didn't have to hide it anymore. Yeah. You know. So so being the fan, it, it was surreal is the best word. I know it's kind of a cliche word. But surreal is the best word. It was it was one of the most unusual, unreal, surreal moments, honestly, in any of our lives as a sports fan. Probably as a sports fan, it was the most impactful moment of my life as a sports fan. And I think the however many thousand people, probably 40,000, 50,000 people that were there would probably tell you the same thing. When Steve says... This is for all the Gators up in heaven that we're not here to see this. Let's all chant number one for those Gators up there. Just total chills. Pretty emotional. Yeah. It, really, it was really emotional when he said that because cause he got it, Hayes. He was a Gator. He got it. The whole arrogance of Notre Dame and, and tradition of Wake Forest, he got it. He got it the day he walked on campus. He had to be the first guy to win one. I loved, I got along great with Charlie Pell, but Charlie was an Alabama guy. Okay, uh, Urban Meyer came along later and did great things, but Urban was an, an Ohio guy from the from the state of Ohio. The guy to win the first one needed to be Spurrier. It needed it needed to be him. It needed to be done his way. It kind of needed to come against Florida State, and it kind of needed to be a blowout. If if you think the the only thing that would have made it better is if it had been Georgia, because right. because that's that was the great tormentor mm-hmm. uh, of all of our of our youth. But it was a, it was pretty a pretty a magical time, a magical year, and a magical day for the Gators. 
Frank Frangie, thank you so much for joining us on Celebrating 96. I'm happy to relive it. I, I get chills all over again. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Great stuff. Uh, great stuff from Frank. Really appreciate his time. What a team. Florida would beat number three FSU when you looked at the final poll. Number three FSU, number nine Tennessee in Rocky Top, number 11 Alabama on a neutral field, number 13 LSU, and number 25 Auburn. Uh, just an um, amazing, amazing season. And uh, it uh, Florida ended the year. This is remarkable. Ended the year scoring 45 on Alabama and 52 on Florida State. Um, it's uh, it was it was a remarkable remarkable team. So really appreciate uh, Frank joining us, um, and I want to thank you guys for listening. You know, for those of you that have listened to every episode, I I certainly appreciate it. This has been one of the privileges of my career to get a chance to look back on this season. Uh, as I've told you guys in the past, I you know I didn't I was in college at the time, but I didn't work at the Alligator or anything like that. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And uh, so I was a fan through this whole ride, and uh, it's been fun for me to go back and uh, relive these games because for for a lot of them, you know, the memories are a little uh, blurry for me because of the fun I was having on that particular day. But uh, it's been so much fun looking back, and I want to thank everybody that that helped make this possible. I want to thank Chad Scott. Uh, he was sort of the brains behind this operation and uh, did all the, the editing and, and posting to get it up uh, on 1010XL.com and, and all the various formats where you can find this podcast. So really want to thank Chad Scott for his efforts. I want to thank Harold and Harold, uh, great Gators, uh, for sponsoring this. Uh, the personal injury law firm of Harold and Harold. Hopefully you haven't been injured, but if you have or you have a loved one, uh, you should definitely reach out to them. They're going to take good care of you. Uh, they're big enough to fight uh, the big insurance companies. They have the, the resources to do that, but uh, but small enough that you're going to have that essential personal touch. When you call them, they're going to know who you are. Uh, so if, hopefully you haven't been injured. But if you have, you can find them at 904-251-1111. I want to thank our guests uh, who have joined us on this podcast. Fred Weary, Mark Long, Steve Spurrier, Michael Duraco, Johnny Rutledge, Fred Taylor, James Bates, Danny Warfel, Robbie Andrew, Matt Hayes, Dan Hicken, Collins Cooper, Pat Dooley, and Frank Frangie. This is Hayes Carlion. Thank you for listening to Celebrating 96 on 1010XL.com.